Hi there, and welcome to English for the Long Run. I'm Monique, your host, and I'm an English teacher, language learner, and most importantly, I'm an amateur runner who loves to talk with runners from all over the world. Every two weeks, I interview inspiring runners about running, life, and everything in between. If you love to run and you are looking for a different way to improve your English, then please hit the subscribe button. You can also visit my webpage www.englishforthelongrun.com for more inspiration and tips. Hope you enjoyed here and thank you for listening. So today I'm joined by Simon Jones, and we're going to talk about Parkrun. Parkrun is a weekly 5K run that takes place every Saturday at 9 o'clock at more than 2,000 locations in 23 countries. Parkrun events are free to enter and are delivered by volunteers. The good-to-be-true part is that it's free, it's for everyone, and it's fun. And if you're not a runner, no problem. You can walk, jog, or volunteer, because Parkrun is a very friendly and inclusive event. Now a bit about my guest. Simon Jones is a first-time author from the UK who retired from the corporate world in 2019. He now works part-time for a local charity and has been doing Parkrun since 2013, just after his 50th birthday. During his parkrun runs, he has accumulated over 249 parkruns and over 52 volunteer days. And Simon wrote a book about parkrun. And the name of the book is Could Have Happened at Parkrun. And it was published by Olympia in 2021. So welcome, Simon. It's great to chat with you today. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation Yes, me, me as well. <laughs> so before we start talking about the book, maybe you can explain in your own words what Parkrun is, because as you know, sadly enough, we don't have it in Spain. It's not just a run in the park with a bunch of friends, is it? Because I think it's very professionally set up. So what on earth is a parkrun? Okay, well, a parkrun is, as you mentioned, it's a five-kilometer run. And it is put on by volunteers in many locations in the UK. Um, and people can register once with the Parkrun organization and get a, a Parkrun identification number or a barcode. And that means that they can turn up at any one of the oh, hundreds of places in the UK which host a Parkrun, uh, turn up, join the group, and run the race. At the end of the race, they uh, have their barcode identification number scanned, they get a timestamp, and when they get home, they get an email to say, well done, this is your time, and um, that's it. Um, it's a really, really uh, inclusive, friendly environment for people to go and just have some fun having a run with people. And it's it happens in about a two-hour slot or maybe slightly less than that if you're a bit faster. But if you're a, if you're a volunteer, and the volunteers are really important for Park Run, you turn up at eight, eight in the morning, you help set up the course, you set up the, the, the systems of the signs and the cones and the tapes and mark out the course. 
The runners arrive at about half past eight. There's a short briefing for people um, who are either new to Park Run or new to the location. And at nine o'clock, the, the person in charge says, ready, steady, go, and you run. Um, and by the time the event's finished at 10 o'clock, there's usually no sign that anything's happened in the previous two hours. It's that effective and efficient at delivering something uh, very quickly for people in a, in a short period of time. Um, and it's just a wonderful thing to go to. It, it, it has become, for many people, the start of their weekend. Um, mm. if, they don't, if they don't do the park run, they feel that the weekend really hasn't been, isn't complete. Mm. Uh, and I know personally, I would miss it terribly if I didn't go down there Mm. Um, to have my run and, and uh, meet the friends and, and do the park run. It's a yes, very, because very... one of the most important things about park run is socializing, right? It's about community. You can only, uh, if you want, you can maybe only partake in volunteering or Absolutely. spectating. I mean, well, vol volunteers are, are really, really important. And, you know, most, most people who run will volunteer every few weeks or maybe once a month or once every two months or whatever. It doesn't, there's no, there's no, um, insistence that someone has to volunteer and many people volunteer all the time sometimes some people volunteer once a, once a year once you know it does it does vary and there's no pressure on anybody to volunteer um, but every every week there's 25 people that volunteer hmm. um, they all have specific roles and there are some really you know important roles that we have to have like for instance we need to have someone to encourage volunteers and to make sure volunteers are, are recorded for the following week hmm. um, there are some um some people who are in charge each week, the run director, uh, and there's an event coordinator, and people have to scan barcodes, have to do the timing, have to marshal various posts. But each of those roles is defined um, before you get there. You know what you're going to do when you get there. When you get there, you're briefed by the person in charge, and you go and do what you do. So volunteering is really important. And uh, it's, it's interesting that you know there's been lots of research over the last few years about how good parkrun is for people who run parkrun. But there's also been some interesting research about how good people how good it is for people's mental health to take part in the volunteering of park run yeah it's, totally. it's very very welcoming and very inclusive totally. i i read you know in the newspapers uh this century's epidemic is loneliness yeah and yeah. it's one of the biggest health concerns in a lot of countries and uh, there is of course no magic cure for loneliness but um i think if you can activate yourself and if you can join a community like parkrun mm. then then you're on the good path absolutely yeah. now I, I i often think it's it's very good at at removing any barriers people might have to to to, to feel excluded because when you turn up at parkrun you're either a volunteer um, identifiable by the, the 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 pink bib that you wear volunteer um high biz jacket or you're a runner and there's no social clues as to who, who you are or where you came from or what you are. People are just down there to have a run. And it means people, are, it's very, a very a great leveler to people to say, Absolutely. you know, you're just down there to have a run. And it's very friendly and welcoming and inclusive when yeah. people do arrive in that, in that frame of mind. It's uh, yeah. very positive. Yeah, I also read something about <laughs> Parkrun being the new church, you know, it's where people mm. come together. Well, church in a let's say a um, modern way of speaking but it's a where uh, it's a place where people gather socialize and i think uh, one of the biggest part also of parkrun is after parkrun you 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 mingle you talk with each other you applaud you celebrate uh, the different uh, pbs or whatever so there is a big 
part of parkrun that really uh, is about socializing absolutely it's it's very i don't know, i keep using the word inclusive but it, it's it is it is so much inclusive uh people people do all sorts of strange things to to be more inclusive and to be a bit more silly than somebody else um and to to make a difference really and to uh, and to show how much they they, they value the activity it's it really yeah. is quite a an amazing place yeah you were talking about different uh roles volunteer roles mm-hmm. and you talked about the run directors the volunteer coordinator uh there is a i think there's a story in your book about the volunteer coordinator and it, re- it i thought it was really uh, relatable because she was a little bit stressed about getting volunteers for the next event and i Absolutely. could totally yeah. imagine something <laughs> like that but it was really, it, it, it actually, everybody loves volunteering. And that was what we spoke about uh, before I started the recording. Um, I mean, everybody likes to volunteer. It's not a requirement. It's a privilege. And that's so wonderful about Parkrun. You're right. Absolutely right. I mean, the, the park, the, the, you are rewarded for running, but you're also rewarded for volunteering. Uh, Parkrun has a, a, has a significant uh, run number of 10 for juniors. 50 for everybody else uh, 100 250 and 500 and once you reach those reach those milestones then you get the chance to and in fact now because of the number of people now they they make a slight charge for the t-shirts but previously they were all free of charge once you qualify for your t-shirt then you have your you have your num your colored t-shirt with a number on the back and it was a real mark of you know a badge of honor to to to, to arrive with your t-shirt for the first time with a 50 on the back or 100 on the back I'm looking forward to getting my green T-shirt in a few more runs, which will be a significant number for me. But there are people there who have done 300, 400 runs of a park run, which think about it, that's eight years worth of running every week. Yeah, I know, I so, know, it's um, amazing. So that's a significant, yeah, I, I, significant number. I, I also found out something funny. Um, I think some people take their park run experience to another level and they do like challenges, there are yes. alphabet challenges and there are tourist challenges. I don't know. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yes. I mean, you say there's there's many park runs in the UK. And of course, once you get a lot, you get different park runs beginning with a different letter of the alphabet. So um, once you've got a challenge there, people have to have the A's and the B's and the C's. Uh, Wickham has with, with W as a, as a particular um, favourite, of course. Um, um, but people do do all sorts of things to uh, have an excuse I guess to do something a bit different um, and so park and tourism is a really really popular thing and we recognize that every week at, at Wickham um, we put a shout out for people who are from a different location and see how far the person's come from I think we had someone from South Africa this weekend who came yeah. came to see us so um, yeah that's, that's that's a really important thing and it's also the fact that you do have this barcode which means you can go anywhere in the world and just turn up and that result gets added to your result list uh, on, the, on the website. So you have a full um, uh, history of all your runs and where you did your run and, you know, all kinds of graphs and things. It's a that's, statistician. That's yeah. It's a statistician's delight. They get involved in all sorts of graphs and charts and things once they've seen the numbers. Yeah. But, um, and, and we yeah. runners, we love stats. We love yes. to track our performances. And <laughs> that's just amazing. <laughs> yes. When did you learn about Parkrun? I know Parkrun, I think it start, It all started in Bushy Park in 2004 yes. with four or five runners. But when did you learn about Parkrun and where and why did it all start for you? 
Good question. I, as, in fact, the, the actual number was 13 at Bushy Park. So the, the guy was called Paul Sinton Hewitt, was the, the guy that started it off and had a group of friends who wanted to get out and run um, socially together. He kicked it off. And I think Park Run was, was pretty static as far as the growth in numbers for many years. And it really was the result of the internet and uh, social media and, and lots of um, communication online, which really drove the numbers up. Uh, I learned about it in 2013 through a friend. I'd started doing a bit of running to lose some, lose some weight and get some exercise. And he mentioned the park run and said, come down. So I went down there in August 2013 and started running down there and got hooked quite, quite quickly. So it was really word of mouth um, early yeah. on. Um, yeah. I think these days you'd be, you have to be pretty... Um, uh, be pretty difficult not to know about parkrun uh, in, <laughs> especially in the, U- in the uk, in the UK. Yeah. absolutely i mean it, it was you know it got, it got to a state in during the pandemic where people were actually talking about it in the news about the fact that parkrun wouldn't be going on and you know when would it be it's going a global on? movement it's a it's a very well-known event in the uk yes absolutely. and not only in the uk also in oh the, no in all around the world countries. yeah yes. i mean there's this let's say we've we've got uh, new zealand as you know australia south africa poland uh, dare I say it, Russia and all sorts of other places around Europe have have um, have park run, and also yeah. in the US uh, and and Canada. So um, it has got around the world. The UK has got the obviously got the most where it started, but it, you know you can't look at a map of the UK and, and list park runs without without it being all over the country. It really yeah. is quite uh, quite. It's I true. mean, in High Wycombe have have park runs. You know, there's three that are within five miles of High Wycombe. So, you know, it's really quite dense now as far as the number of places you can go to. Yeah, I I just looked it up, you know, and in in, in whole in the I'm from I'm from the Netherlands. And Mm -hmm. um, I just found out in the Netherlands that quite a lot of park runs as well. Yep. But uh, right now I'm living in Madrid, Spain, and oh. I would have to go to France. <laughs> you would, yes. It's it's a shame it's not in Spain. And I think I, I did check before we came on, and the, the, I think because of the the, the sheer um, amount of work required to set up a new country, they're not actually looking at new countries right now because yes. they've got so many on in, in right right now. Yeah. But um, you know, I just think social running and just the, the whole concept is such a such a positive thing to have. Absolutely. That, uh, It'd be a shame that um, the park run wouldn't couldn't get to Spain one day. I'm sure it'd be great. Let's let's be patient and see what happens. <laughs> so I have a question about uh, your local park run. Um, it's called the park is called Wickham Rye, yes. and it's in the town. You just said it, High Wickham, right? Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about the park, the surroundings, the town, and also how many runners there are on average and okay. uh, how many volunteers? So just a bit of point. So High Wycombe is uh, a place that is between uh, London and Oxford. I'm sure many of your listeners will probably know where Oxford is to the, to the west of London. Um, and it's about 35 miles from the centre of London is, is High Wycombe. And High Wycombe is a, is a place which is... Um, in the in the bottom of a valley, uh, in the, an area called the Chilterns, which is a, quite a pretty area of, of, of the southeast of England, um, population of about one hundred and twenty thousand people, and there's lots of little villages and towns all around around High Wycombe. So it's quite a densely densely populated part of the southeast of England. Um, Wycombe Rye is the the park within High Wycombe, 
and it's been a park for many many years it's a very pretty place it's surrounded by trees there's a river that runs through the middle of it uh, there's lots of football pitches there's a there's also a boating lake there's a swimming pool there's all sorts of things there and many people just go there to, to walk around and enjoy the enjoy the scenery enjoy the park and just enjoy the fresh air um, and the, the 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 park run route runs around and back uh, along the, the paths in the in, in the Wickham Rye Park um, and we also go past the river as well which is another story I'll mention later on so we get around these days around 400 participants a week that take, that take part in the run I think there are about 420 there this this weekend we have had a maximum of 666 as a number we can easily remember um, but that was before two um, close places close by opened up, which took a number of people away from the Wickham Wickham Park. Um, but 400 is a good number. You know, you you run around and you never feel as though you're on your own. There's always people around you, um, and the paths and the open space mean that people can can get running quite quickly and quite easily. And there's not not too much uh, elbows flying around. Yeah. And uh, and because of the way, because of the the the, the variation in the speed of people. The fast ones run off quickly and then the slow ones come come towards the back. And then finally the tail walker are the last people who are actually volunteers to sweep up behind all the runners um, when they've when they've run through. Yeah, I love that role, the tail walker. Tail In walker. Spanish we would yeah. say el que camina uh, en la cola, el, el que, bueno, el coche escoba. Okay, it, mean, it means no one's last. Say, exactly, the tail walker, nobody's the one that comes last. last. And that's yeah. really nice. I mean, there are um, a lot of walkers, I can imagine. Yes, walkers and people with buggies, double buggies, um, people with dogs, um, all sorts of people. People run and walk. Um, and we also have people with other disabilities who who run there. We have a, a partially sighted person, a blind person that, that runs as well with a guide. and. Um, yeah, there's there's very few reasons why we couldn't accommodate somebody to 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 to, to take part on the course, mm. and then of course you got the volunteers. So twenty five volunteers is the twenty five volunteers and four hundred yeah. runners. Wow. Yes, every week, and the volunteers are um, identified weeks in advance. So we're always looking out for new volunteers for, for future mm. future weeks. And that's what the volunteer coordinator does. Yeah. Um, and we put along a, a shout out for volunteers every week to get people to sign up for volunteering but volunteering is a really important uh, part of the whole aspect it's not it's not a secondary role it's a, a really important role yeah, and, you, um, the people yeah. who volunteer also get their recognition right recognized absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and they get their t-shirts for volunteering as well um so um you know that's really you know and the first thing you we recognize in the more in in the sessions is the volunteers and uh, everyone thanks volunteers going around the course. That's so really, really supportive in that way. So, yeah. so I can imagine that there are a lot of regular runners. I mean, like yourself, uh, you are probably always participating at your local park run. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And it, what's interesting is that because you start to run and you start to run with people around your time, you start to create a group of friends and contacts that you have who are within your time band and that's where you get the competition starts to come into play because they, they might, you know, oh, I can see so-and-so ahead of me. I must make sure. So there's, you know, it's whilst it's not competitive, we're all, we're all very competitive. Uh, we all know our own PB. We all know other people's PBs. And, but we're at the same time, very supportive of people as well to improve their PBs. But um, 
Yes, that's the um, yeah. DBs are personal bests. Personal bests, yeah, absolutely. Personal yeah. bests. There's one thing uh, I wanted to talk about. Yeah, you always say, I mean, people who are park runners always are very uh, clear about one thing. Uh, a park run is not a race, right? Right. It's yes. a run. It's, it's a run. Uh, it's something completely different. But that doesn't mean that we can't be competitive. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, not at all. <laughs> no. um, we said it before, I think, but on the Park Run web pages, you can find a lot of statistics. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very professional web uh, page, parkrun.com. And I think yes. all the local park runs have their own web page as well. Absolutely, yes. So what kind of data can, can you find about yourself on the web page, for example? Well, to say, everything's generated from the Parkrun barcode ID. So that's the Parkrun barcode ID. Um, once you have your registration, then every, every one of your um, results is published on the Parkrun um, website. Um, I mean, what's really impressive is that when a volunteer signs up to be a volunteer, two roles that are quite important. One is the timekeeper, and the other, the other one is the barcode scanner. And Parkrun have developed an app, an app for the phone so that if you're going to be a, a, a timer or a barcode scanner, you download the app on your phone. So you turn up on the morning, you make sure your phone's working, you turn your phone on and you say whether you're going to be a scanner or a, um, a timer and you record the time as a timer and you, and you scan the barcodes at the end as a scanner. And the run director has a QR code which the, the phone reads And the information instantly sends up to the server, which then generates the email to the volunteers and the runners of their results. So by the time you get home after the run, you've had a text message and an email confirming your result, your position with a link to your website. And if you've actually hit a qualification um, number like 50 or 100 or 250, it -hmm. also has a link to to download or to order the T-shirt from Parkrun. Wow. Um, it's it's so efficient and so effective uh, these days. It's 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 um, quite incredible. How yeah, it, all it works. is and incredible. That, and that happens at the same time everywhere, all around yes. the country I mean, and it's, around it's, the world. It's amazing. It's so efficient and so professional. So I have to ask this question. I really can't wrap my head around the fact that it's free. I mean, yes. how is that possible? I guess there are sponsors, but we're talking about uh, a, a non for-profit organization, right? Yes. So, so Parkrun is a charity. Uh, in the UK, that charity status means that they, they don't have shareholders that receive a profit. All the funds are reinvested back into the company uh, and they get a companies or charities get certain benefits for being a charity, but they also have sponsors, pretty, pretty major sponsors in the UK, uh, com- companies, corporations that want to be involved with Parkrun. Um, and the Parkrun organization has a turnover in the media of two and a half million pounds. So it's a significant organization in its own right. But it has very few paid employees. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of people who are, are volunteers within the organization. And of course, the whole the whole infrastructure is, is supported by volunteers. There's no yes. there's no payment in that way. The councils don't ask for a fee or the no. landowners of uh, nothing. No. That's, that's no. great. But there was a con- there was a controversy a few years ago where a a landowner tried to charge for the use of the land and they had to withdraw from that event because they said that, you know 
we're not going to place a charge on on the park runners to do to do the event the only fee you pay is for the car park when you get to the actual place which is 50 pence which is um <laughs> not too much no. um so yes it's it's it is incredible that um so that is that is free because I'm, I'm sure most people are used to going to a running event and paying you know 10 15 20 pounds to enter quite expensive yes quite expensive and then, then you have a waiting list uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. you know it's, um, it's so so the idea of just turning up and running for free and getting all the results you want just like that every week yeah. uh it's quite it's quite incredible but, it is uh, yeah, it is yeah, absolutely top marks, top marks of the organization yeah, t- totally yeah. so we talked about the weather a little bit um what happens when the weather is bad or when it rains, does it get cancelled a lot of times? Well, you know the story, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So when it's raining and when it's snowing, people go down there so that they can go and say, I was there when it was raining and when it was snowing. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kudos mark. If you could have um, uh, T-shirts for saying I ran in the rain or ran in the snow, people would go for that. Okay. Um, there's no there's very few reasons why they would cancel uh it would it's usually on a for safety's sake for example it could be too icy oh yes hmm. we had there's been a storm and some of the trees have come down and we had to cancel it for some reason yeah because the park um, is closed or something because for some it's reason, too dangerous yeah, yeah. too dangerous but it's very very rare and wow. um you know i mean luckily with the social media tools these days we can put a note out last minute and say i'm afraid it's cancelled but there's very few reasons why it gets cancelled, yeah. but rain and rain and wind and snow are not reasons to cancel it. It's not yeah. not a problem for park runners. Not at all. No, okay. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the book. Oh, good. The name of the book is "Could Have Happened at Park Run," and yeah. it's a book with short stories about Park Run. Yes. And Wickham Wright Park in the UK. That's why your local park run is, is the uniting theme of all 12 stories. Yes. And each story is about uh, a realistic scenario. Uh, very funny. The stories are very funny, but they're not, I guess, they're not true. Or maybe mm-hmm. they're not true. Yeah. <laughs> or just stretching, a stretching true. the truth is probably the word <laughs> than what you would say. Yeah? Exactly. It was published in 2021 by Olympia mm-hmm. Publishers. And it's a small book. It's uh, mm-hmm. 84 pages. So it's a very easy read. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, it's a fun read, and if you want to find out some uh, more about Parkrun, it is I can really recommend it. So, what inspired you to write the book? Well, um, as we all know, um, there was a pandemic a couple of years ago, and uh, that's one of the reasons why Parkrun stopped. Now, one of the things that happens after every Parkrun is there's a run report. Uh, people just you know have a quick report about who was there, numbers. Uh, best times, significant events, those sorts of things. And because there were no runs, there were no run reports. So um, a number of the, the run directors who were, who operate Wickham Rye uh, decided to create what they call non-run reports. And um, these non-run reports uh, changed into sort of like reflections on what they were missing and all sorts of different um, situations people were writing about. And I happened to write about what I was missing. And I strangely t- talked about missing standing in the queue for the car park ticket. And the story developed from there. Uh, and I sent it in and that one got published. And then 
people were writing other stories and I wrote some more. So they kind of evolved over, over a, a number of weeks, just thinking about situations and um, uh, characters um, that might have, might have um, been at Park Run doing certain things. Um, my, one of my favorites is about the, the man who has, uh, has had to go and buy a lead for his dog. Uh, one of the rules in Parkrun is that um, you can bring your dog, but you must have a short lead. Um, so I wonder what it would be like for someone to go and try and buy a short lead. And you're nodding, I can see, because you probably remember that story. Um, I quite like that one. Um, and there's also other other situations which I can envisage just because of the, the, the unique aspect of Parkrun itself and how people would uh, maybe approach things, certain taking extremes of characters. Yeah, the, the book, uh, the stories read like little sketches. Yes. You can see the story evolve in front of your eyes, and that's mm-hmm. really nice. Um, I love the one about the, the lead in the dog <laughs> <laughs> where, with the fitting session and, yes. and uh, the secret PB or the, the future PB. It was really funny. <laughs> but one of the stories I like, felt it was very um, relatable was, I think the, the name of the story is a big th- The Big Thing in the City. Big thing in the city. Big yes. thing in the city, my, yes. My other, my other favorite one. Yeah. yeah, because it's about somebody who thinks he's a hotshot in the city. He's, a, I think, a very successful businessman. And uh, he goes to this uh, park run event and he wants people to know how important he is. Mm-hmm. And people just don't care. They right. are just interested in if he has been a, have been able to uh, train the week before and um, how he's feeling and things like that. And I, I joined a running club and we talk about everything, but we never talk about jobs or what we mm. do for a living. We only know the physiotherapist of the group because that comes in handy. <laughs> yes, yeah. But we talk about lots of things and I think... That's so nice about running. It's uh, such a democratic sport. It's so, uh, you said it before, it's a great leveler, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the, the, the nice things about when you arrive at Parkrun. You you walk in from the car park and everyone's just dressed in their T-shirts and their running gear. And no one knows really who anybody else is. And you're talking to people because they're there to have a run. Uh, there's, there's no social hierarchy. There's no There's no... Um, air of stop importance there's no people are very much equal and um, that is what makes the the whole environment so inclusive and so friendly because there's there's kind of like you're there because you're there to do a run Um, and that's quite a quite a significant part of why park run i think works Mm -hmm. so well yeah it's uh, really unique and there was another story i don't remember the name but it's something uh you know that happens a lot to us uh non-native speakers of english uh, um, find place names very very confusing because we see a lot of letters and then we pronounce it and then uh, an englishman pronounces those letters and it's completely different so you wrote a story, I think the story is called A Very Important Visitor from New Zealand. Yes. yes <laughs> and indeed. it's about mispronouncing a place name, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, it was, it was interesting because the, the story, um, we, we, we have had at Wickham Rye a, a contact in New Zealand with a, a particular park run that is pronounced Fongaray. The, the strange thing about the place in, in New Zealand that's pronounced Fongaray is it's written W-H-A-N-G-A-R-E-I. So anybody looking at it in English would say Wangarai. 
that's the, 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 the pronunciation. Uh, and I was talking to a, a New Zealand friend of mine about the fact that we had this contact with Wangarai and he didn't know what I was talking about. And I, I had to spell it out for him and he said, oh, Fongarei. And I, I was completely bemused by this and I did some research and I found out that the, the pronunciation is the New Zealand or the, the Maori pronunciation of the word rather than the English pronunciation. Uh, and there are many places like that. Oh, yes. Um, and then, of course, one thing came to another and I thought, well, maybe this is the same for Wickham Rye, which is spelt Y-Combi, um, W-Y-C-O-M-B-E. Uh, anybody who doesn't know how to pronounce it will probably call it Y-Combi. Uh, totally. And that's and that's how the story kind of transpired as a visitor from from Fongaray coming to Waikumbi Rai. Yeah, um, yeah I, and, thought, uh, I thought yeah. this one was really nice. And yeah. then you have, for example, Longborough, which is I read Longborough, but it yes. is how would I was going to mention that. Well, that's that's mentioned in there. Now the word is Loughborough. <laughs> so What's the yes? word, yeah, Loughborough. Um, and uh, there's, so there's a there's a place just near High Wycombe, between High Wycombe and the airport, that is called Slough, S-L-O-U-G-H. And Loughborough is B-R-O-U-G-H at the end. Uh, but you can see both words are pronounced differently. The O-U-G-H is different in both words. Um, in, in some ways, there's no rule, really. You just have to know how to pronounce it. So many people, or some people, might look at Loughborough and say Lagubaruga. <laughs> exactly. As they were looking at the actual words and trying to pronounce it Lagubaruga, but it's pronounced Loughborough. There's another yeah. word, then another another place um, called Bista, uh, which is spelled B-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. We look at it, you would say Bicester. But up <laughs> the road, there's another, that there's makes another place. Sense. <laughs> yeah. But that's called, that's pronounced Bista. And there's another place up the road that's called Leicester. Wow. But that's that. You look at it, and you you might say Leicestershire or Leicester. You might know you you might know that one. Yeah, I know that one. Yes, we're lucky because uh, nowadays you can uh, Google is magic. It does pronounce <laughs> them very well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so that's a really nice story as well. And um, I don't know which one your favorite story was the one with the dog and the lead. Right? I think I think the dog and the lead. Uh, the first one. I don't know whether you were uh, you're familiar with Monty Python. The, the the one about the uh, the four run directors um have you, have you have you heard the monty python four yorkshiremen story before i haven't heard about that i okay. I, it, I remember life of brian for example well there's a very there's a very famous sketch it's a sketch from monty python uh where they are impersonating four yorkshiremen and they're talking about how tough life was in the past for them and they're talking about the, how how much how much uh, worse off each of them was and it gets worse and worse and worse uh, and that's why the story about the four run directors talking about how things how bad things were in the past um with the four run directors that's one of the early ones but i think probably the the big thing in the city or the uh the the, the man with the dog is my favorites that's uh, yeah it's a great one they're, they're good ones so where can people buy the book because i got it from Am via amazon i have it on my e-kindle but um i like to have uh, you know, I like the printed version yeah. of the book. So, I mean, you can order the book directly from Olympia Publishers okay. and they will send you the, the physical book or otherwise you can order it directly from Amazon, either the physical book or you can get it on the Kindle through Amazon yeah, as well. Exactly. So that's, the, that's the easiest method for anybody purchasing it outside the UK, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and if you just search a park run book, it usually comes up on Google there, linking either to Amazon or to Olympia. So, um, 
Great. If you have a problem, give me a call and I'll help you out on that one. Perfect. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so I have two more questions, Simon. Yep. Um, the first one is if you can share a moving anecdote from your local park run with us. Is there a funny anecdote? I'd give it a funny anecdote. Like, yeah, yeah, a funny yeah, one. Well, first of all, I mean, one of the things I, I, I'm, when I'm a run director, I do make sure that I, I write out a name tag for people so that they stick it on their badge. Because when you meet 25 people for the first time and you have to ask them to do things, it's a good thing to ask them to do it by using their name. So I write out the name and stick it on. Um, the reason I did that is because when I was introduced to somebody when I was a volunteer one day, the lady introduced herself as Epi. Epi. And I... Epi. And I, I said, Epi, and she said it again, and I told her my name. And then I forgot how to pronounce her name, and I forgot her name, and I'm racking my brains trying to think of her name. So I, it, it had got too far to ask, ask again what her name was, and I just kept referring to her without using her name. And then she was introducing me to somebody and called me Martin. And and I didn't want to embarrass her by saying, no, it's not Martin, it's Simon. So I left it at that, and then she did it again. And then it then it happened too often. I couldn't I couldn't then correct her because it had gone too far. So there I was not referring to her by her name Epi, and she was calling me Martin. <laughs> um, so luckily I I managed to look at the results that that week and find out her name was Epi. So next week I was able to call her by her real name, but she was still calling me Martin. I, <laughs> by then it was far too far too long to actually remind her my name was my name was Simon. But then. A few weeks later, I was the run director and I had to introduce myself at the front with the microphone and I could see all these people. I introduced my name and I could see Epi in the, in the group of people who looked, took, turned into her friend and saying, I thought his name was Martin. <laughs> so, uh, so that's why we have, uh, that's why we have name badges on our, on yeah, our T-shirts. Very good. very good. And the last question, what would you say to policymakers or influential people in Spain to convince them to, to make it happen in Spain as yeah, well? I think in Spain, I think. If you search for Parkrun in Spain, you have a, a comedian talking about Parkrun on YouTube. <laughs> That's, That's probably not the best advert for, <laughs> for Parkrun in Spain. But apart from that, I, I would suggest to policymakers in Spain to, to look at the UK and see how many doctors' surgery prescribe Parkrun to people rather than medication. Um, not just for for the running side, but even for the volunteering side. I mean, we've got lots of runners at Parkrun who are actually doctors, and they often they often cite Parkrun in their in their some of their medical reports as a as a beneficial a part of people's mental health. And I think for, for these days, that's you know both physical and mental health is are the big big issues that we all have to contend with. So if there's a if there's a big one for the for the um, policymakers, it's it's just population health and well being. Are, are are so impacted benef you know, beneficially by parkrun it's uh, it's almost a no-brainer and i know that parkrun globally can't or are publicly saying that they can't take on new countries but i'm sure if a country like spain was to approach parkrun centrally and maybe even a city like madrid where i know there are many runners i mean i've visited spain many times you know i've been to valencia barcelona um, lots of countries lots of places and i'm always impressed by how many spanish people do run around the parks absolutely um there's a lovely park in valencia along the river riverbank um, yes runners running up and down there it's fantastic but everywhere you go you see runners and i'm sure the spanish would, would buy into park run really really you know, in, a, in, a, in a big way I so totally i'm sure agree. i'm sure that if somebody in spain was to pick up the phone to park run uk and say you want to do park run in madrid or in spain yeah. they'd be knocking on your door and uh wanting to set something up there's a lot of there's a lot of background work needs to be done but at the end of the day for a country 
to have a park run is a, is a really big thing i think and uh, absolutely to expand it out to all the big cities and all the and all the towns would be quite incredible so yeah i totally agree good with luck you. with that spain good luck yeah. <laughs> yeah and when you have your first one i'll come and i'll come and join you oh, yes please I, yeah. I hope it's in madrid we have a lot of great parks absolutely yes plus all you also those british holiday makers coming across as well would miss would join you as well so um yeah <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll go to spain for our holidays yeah. Absolutely. So thank you so much for this conversation. Simon. My pleasure. Good luck with your number 250. Yeah, two weeks time. Two weeks time. That's amazing. <laughs> How many years of running have gone into that number? Well, it 2013 was when I started. So it's, it's nine years. Nine years. Nine years in, to the anniversary is in August. So um, oh, yeah, I was talking to, to somebody. Proud of. I was talking to somebody this weekend who started running just before me and they're on their 389th run. So oh. I've got some catching up to do to them. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. it's, um, it's a long way. Long it's, way. But it's it's definitely something to be proud of. Go for it. Uh, thank, thank you, very you much. so much for sharing uh, this information about Parkrun and about your book with me. Good luck with uh, everything. Thank you My so pleasure. much. My pleasure. Thank you for calling. Good luck to you too and to your readers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of English for the Long Run. If you like this episode and don't want to miss the next one, don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button. If you're interested in taking your English to the next level while listening and reading about running, don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter www.englishforthelongrun.com. Bye for now!